again, and thanks for listening today. This is Stepping Into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from Alan 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Uh, Colette and I in this one had, a, a, well, for me, an old friend from last season, uh, Julie Lee. Uh, New who, friend for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, she's, she's like, oh my gosh, I, I, she's super happy about meeting you, and I'm like, that's right, because Colette is awesome. <laughs> um, and she talked about, uh, well, last season, um, her episode was on truth and how that helps set her free. And this one was uh, quite the different angle. She told um, a story of a faith crisis, um, both in her life and in the life of her father. Um, one turned out great, one turned out not so great. And for now. so, huh? For now. For now, yeah, for now. We'll have faith that things will turn around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the the, I think one of the biggest, well, at least to me, I don't know, I, I know Colette will have <laughs> equally, if not more important input than me. But <laughs> um, something to pay attention for, I think, in this episode. Um, one is uh, different ways you can, if you yourself are going through one or know somebody who is, to recognize who to talk to about it, how to talk about it, um, to keep things civil and peaceful between you and those you love, um, your friends, church leaders. Always including Jesus. Exactly, Christ yes. In, in, the, in every matter, that he will be there to mediate the situation, help you filter through how you're feeling and how best to respond in love. Exactly. And that's one of the things that Julie did quite well um, in the situation she was in was um, learning that, I think, how did she say that? Like, there was um, a lot of conversations she had um, where it was like, we're just going to agree or disagree. You can't, like one of the examples she used was you can't, you know, neither of us can prove or disprove to the other person the existence of God, for example. Um, That's just something we are respectful about, even though we disagree now and despite the fact that, that you know they used to and and so yeah just being civil and still loving the person despite their choices yeah if even if they're different than what you expect yeah and the funny thing is with Julia is yeah uh, I love the part and pay attention to this one too where she talks about how the whole experience actually drove her to an even stronger faith uh, than she had before despite the emotionally traumatic nature of what happened uh, in her family so yeah it's going to be awesome and enjoy awesome so we have another visitor from season one coming back um, Julie Lee is with us yay in our house tonight we don't get very many guests like that because of stupid COVID um, <laughs> but so Julie is here with Colette and I tonight. Um, do you want to just like give everybody a brief little like because not everybody who listens now has heard season one and your stuff. So if you want to go listen to it, go check that out. Season one it was the episode on truth, I believe it was. Um, but we'll let you do a brief introduction and then we'll go from there. Awesome. My name is Julie Lee. I am a podcaster and an author. I have a podcast called I See You, and I just had a book come out also called ICU, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives, and it's a self-help leadership read, and it's a really special experience writing that. 
but I just live here in Utah uh, with my husband Rob he's awesome and I have two kids Sam is five he's in kindergarten and Lydia is four and she is starting preschool she's in preschool so I have like four hours a week free now so that's like <laughs> life-changing um, but yeah they both are totally miracle kids my son he was an in vitro baby and then my daughter miraculously came I got pregnant nine months later after him and so we call it our two-for-one deal you know <laughs> the first one was expensive enough that we got a second one that got in there so we're happy with that and super super grateful to have them and we just love our little family a lot but I love to write and to podcast and to speak and mostly just to get to know you know good friends like you Paul my buddy Paul and now Colette, and now Colette. Hey, yes yeah. yep so wow and the, the, the funny thing is when you say speaking Colette and I have this this kind of side note here this vision like eventually when we get kind of the resources we need at some point in the future to really do what we feel like the Lord wants us to do um, part of which includes life coaching. I'm like, wait a minute, I want to take podcasting life coaching and like take it a step further eventually and do like books and speaking and stuff like that the same way. I'm like, now I'm thinking, we should collaborate, Julie. We should like <laughs> make a team effort or something. Well, there's something, I actually saw a post of yours all recently, like every Friday, something to do. I, I heard, I saw some, there was a connection with uh, Kevin Clayson or something like that. Mm. I, I thought I saw something like that on your feed. I don't know what it was. Like some light into people's day or something. I don't know what it was. I, I mentioned, have no I mentioned, idea. I mentioned it to him and he's like, oh, that's uh, the company I work with or something like that. Anyways, I might have something totally off there. I saw, I saw a post of you two collaborating or something. I'm like, <gasps> Kevin Clayson, I don't know who that is. Oh, he wrote the gratitude, the gratitude switch. Oh, I don't know him. Oh, okay. Maybe you should. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I need to. <laughs> he's, well, his Julie um, Hatch, my other co-host, is coming down for an interview with him soon. Mm. Um, so... She's like, I, ha- I had him on, and she had him on her last season, mm-hmm. her podcast. She's like, oh, I want to talk to him again. I'm coming down for that one. What's so, her What's her podcast called? Uh, hers was, um, well, there was two of them. The first one was Changing Lives. Shaping cool. Lives, one of the two of those. Um, and then the second one she did, it was kind of more brief. It was, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name now. It was kind of more of a, a travel gatherer stories thing. Um, Miles for Smiles, that's what it was. Oh, so that's funny. So I was on both of those, too, and that was fun, but... Anyways, um, and podcast. you've been on my pad- podcast. Yeah. You talked about life having Asperger's on my yeah, podcast. Yeah, I was talking to Claire about that before you came tonight. That was fun. But uh, I'm like, we should all three of us get together and with Kevin and just be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so for the story tonight that we kind of discussed before we began this recording here, um, it's something I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, it's, and it's, Kind of, because a lot, a lot of people today we have, we see these struggles with, not only with faith and trial with COVID this year, but you know even things about when people's faith is tested to the point where they don't know what they think about the church or about the gospel. Can I still do this? Do I want to do this still? Do I believe it anymore? Um, so that's what tonight's story is a little bit about. Um, I don't actually recall if you ever told me anything about that on your side, hun. I do have several people who have left the church. Okay, so we can all relate. Because of choices. Okay. So, um, Julie, why don't you go ahead and begin with kind of where your story starts with that respect, and we'll kind of do questions as the Spirit directs as usual. Well, I definitely have a lot of friends who have left the church. I think that, you know, we all have our own faith struggles, and 
the person closest to me that has left is my father. He left the church, I think about four years ago. He took his name off the records of the church. And I love my father deeply, and he's a really kind man. He was very, very active in the church, and he believed it to his core, I believe, for a lot of his life. Uh, people in my ward would call him Elder Holland um, because he was just this charismatic, amazing speaker. Like I said, he's a sweet, sweet man with a good heart. Uh, but he no longer believes, and he now um, considers himself an atheist and, yeah, just has a different belief system now. And we've had many conversations about it, uh, respectful conversations where we talk about the reasons why he believes what he does. And it's hard, if I'm being honest. It's, it's, it's challenging to have the person that you first the person that first introduced the gospel to you and really like lit your fire about the gospel, he was passionate about it. It's hard to have that person change what they believe and, and be able to explain away all the things that you were taught. It's, it's definitely rocked my faith and, and it's been uh, an interesting, challenging, but also redeeming experience for me as I have my own faith journey. Wow. Well, this, I love the fact that we can all relate to that um, in certain respects because um, you know I have family members who I mean none of them have left the church so I have their name removed but I, you know I've seen a lot of faith crisis in my own family from one angle or another um, and then you know used like I remember there's a guy that um, actually served around on my mission I think it was oh I want to say Elder Graham. That might be his first name. Anyways, <laughs> I forget. Um, but anyways, yeah, I remember him, him, him telling me a similar story about his grandfather and uh, same type of thing. He was a stake president, you know, had a whole bunch of leadership callings in the church, hadn't had much, I guess, doctrinal opposition and faith crisis in his own life. So then when he had his first one, that was it. He's like, okay, I'm done. And it just it was the same thing for him. So I know that, you know, even with what we learned at conference, how important is to fortify ourselves and and our testimony because no one is exempt. You think you are, but you aren't. <laughs> um, the devil does not pick favorites. No, no, he just takes whoever will come his way. Um, but yeah, I've had several of my family members, including my, uh, if he's listening, hope you come back. But um, my grandma's well, youngest brother. Um, who was such a stalwart example to me growing up, and then he wasn't. Like, he he let uh, the world get to him and life, and I don't know what happened, but he, mm, hmm, it been? It was shortly after my grandma passed away, he got his name removed, so almost five, six years ago had his name removed because he thought that President Hinckley was a fallen prophet because of the family proclamation, which all those principles have been around forever before that came out. So yeah, did understand. you see that, that post recently about uh, Jeremy Goff saying, hey, one of his blog articles, it's like, what was the title? Something like, family proclamation from stupidly obvious to controversial 25 years later. It's like, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, man. A really good one, I'm like, yep, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a tough time for all of us, you know. And 
I look at my situation and I've had my own faith crises and I can see myself having left at certain points if I didn't have certain people that were compassionate with me and helped me to kind of process my feelings and and allow me to have questions and allow me to talk about it. I think that's the biggest thing we can do for each other to help is when people have questions, allow them to talk about it and make it a safe space for them to to think through what they believe and to yeah, really that's, decide. That's one of the biggest things that have <laughs> has made Colette and I's marriage so wonderful so far is that, you know, that's what you say, that there's nothing we can't ask or talk about. No, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing we need, there's no rock we need to be afraid to unturn. If this is the true church of Jesus Christ, then we get more and more truth the more we know, not the less. We don't need to be afraid of anything. Absolutely. And having that safe space and not being judgmental or shut down or change the topic, that was the biggest thing I had growing up was, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this hard topic. Let's change the topic. Yeah, and I used to do that. I had certain things that I kind of put under the rug of like, I don't really want to acknowledge that because it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think just our culture now, I don't think we can really afford to do that anymore. I think everything yeah. needs to be out in the open. Well, I mean, the, the- how many times in the last few conferences have we been told the divide's only going to get wider? Um, I forget which talk it was this last conference. Who they were saying, you know, if you can, if you can't tell now, you're not paying enough attention, kind of thing. There, you know, there is no middle. Anymore. There's like the middle is so is any middle ground that could possibly be perceived left is so minimal. It's like you pick a side now, okay? You need to do it, otherwise you're going to just fall through the cracks. So, mm-hmm. so, so how did things kind of? Like, was there some kind of just one day he called you guys, or how did, was there something kind of precursor to that, or did you see it coming? Or? You know, my dad's situation is interesting because growing up, he struggled with pretty severe depressive episodes my entire life. And oh, actually, so. I remember you talking about that in season one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might be able to hear a little more background on that in season one, and I speak to that a little bit in my book. But I think that he had experienced a lot of depression while being very active in the church and um, I think that was hard both for him and for our family to watch because as we know hard things happen to good people that are trying to do the right thing (laughs) you know that Paul and Colette and me we've all had our challenges and so I think for him he just found something that he felt like in his mind made him feel happier and you know, that's a choice I have to honor. While I choose differently, I can still love and respect him, and and he's still my dad, you know? No matter what, he's still my dad, and he's got to find his own way, and I've got to find mine, and I'm just, I'm happy he's okay. I don't want him to be, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about people leaving the church, there's almost part of us that wants to watch for evidence that they're more miserable or things like that. But I don't think that's what the Lord wants. I think the Lord is fighting for us no matter what choices mm-hmm. we're making, that he will always be fighting for us. And yeah, so I feel, I, I feel I, that. I like that you said that there because um, there's two sides to it, I think. There's the one that's like, um, you know, what, what you said of, well, let, let's keep an eye on them, see how miserable they get, and we can point it out at the right time to them, right? And uh, then the other side that's like, from their perspective, okay, I'm going to see how happy I can get, and then see, 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 I can do without the gospel, and both sides are wrong. Well, there's a sense of competition in trying to prove someone right, which is interesting because the only judge is Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ is our advocate to the Father. 
So we really don't even need to take on that burden or that responsibility Mm -hmm. to try and prove other people aren't happy without the gospel or them to prove that they are happy without it. Really, we just need to live our own lives and love each other. That's the only responsibility we have. We're not Mm -hmm. called to be judges. I mean, bishops and stake presidents and different leaders, they do have some authority there. But even them, I think, you know, if we were to talk to them, there's this, it's still pretty minimal compared to all the decisions they make in their daily life and the way they treat people. We're moved upon by the spirit purely kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so really it's just not something we need to even burden ourselves with. So just got to love those family members. And and I think I have extra compassion for it because I've had my own faith crises that I, you know, sometimes like in church I've heard the comments before of just like I can't believe anyone could leave the church. And while part of me wants to feel that way because that would mean I, I haven't ever struggled, but because I've struggled, I know why some people left and I can see how it could have happened. And so I think it's so good not to, not to create too much of a division between like us and them and just see that like, we're all struggling to figure this out. What was that part in conference where they're like, um, in God's eyes, all of us are us and them. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like people that are in the church are here and other people outside are these aliens out there. I mean, there are brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. that are struggling to figure out this life. And so once again, we get to, to give that burden to Christ as far as like stressing about their salvation or anything. And we just need to love people so hard and you know, life, we still have a lot of life left and they still have the next life left. Like I have a lot of hope for those people. I feel a lot of hope for them. So when, you know, it sounds like it was you know, more of a, a bit-by-bit process. I'm talking about depression, things like that over the years, and then I'm guessing there was just kind of one or a few moments where it was just like, okay, don't, don't, but that's too much. Do you, could you recall any point like that in, in that? For my father? Yeah. I think that it was several different years of him trying to figure out what he wanted to be happy, and I think that just his his mindset of, of our church and the gospel just he didn't feel like it was bringing him happiness and this other mindset has made him feel happier and so I think that he just that's kind of what he went with and while I can spend hours and I have (laughs) debating all of the things with him I really have to respect his agency and just love him because he's he's a very bright individual agree to disagree yeah yeah and he's very bright and he's a big boy, right? Um, <laughs> and he can make his own choices. And so, but what I do have to do is I have to safeguard my own testimony. And so I've learned over time that there's just certain conversations that I do have boundaries around only because I know I don't like the type of person that I become when I'm trying to convince him so hard to think what I think. I feel like I become... Um, kind of angry sometimes and trying to prove and I don't have the spirit with me anymore. So I kind of had to set up boundaries around some of those conversations just so that I don't become that version of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's similar to what uh, Lorraine had to do up in Canada with her adoptive parents. Um, in fact, she was counseled by several church leaders based on the past experiences she had related. Um, I, mean, I mean, they were Catholic. There was no like testimony differences that were like, that shocked Lorraine or anything because she grew up Catholic her entire life but for them it was a matter of um, like bishops had said to her you are not to go near them anymore because if you do you are knowingly putting yourself in harm's way mm-hmm. you know what they will do to you you know what the conversation will end up like and how you feel afterwards so just stay away there are boundaries that she had to set there too 
Yeah, yeah, that's part of keeping healthy relationships. I mean, we even have boundaries in our marriages and things, you know, like, and that's okay. That's that's keeping ourselves protected and keeping relationships healthy and, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if necessary, having the Lord as your mediator if things go south. I know that for some of my family members that that's what it has had to be, like, to love them as Christ loves them, but also having Christ as a, as a go-between so that that barrier that well not barrier well kind of but mediator that boundary is there to allow so that a relation a healthier relationship can be there versus the one that gets triggered if you don't so can can you yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah i've never heard it put that way i know that's i'm kind of thinking about that for a minute (laughs) having christ be the mediator to keep a relationship healthy what does that look like that's i that's really profound (laughs) Um, I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, for me, it's... Uh, I usually talk... Um, imagine myself with that person and Christ in the same room and having a conversation, like the hard conversations that you can't have in person. And then it makes it a lot easier when I'm in person with them because I'm able to speak freely in that setting with Christ. And Christ is able to heal both of us in that mm-hmm. situation for whatever we're going through or whatever I'm trying to, it's being brought up, um, whether it's hurt or bitterness or sadness or loneliness or whatever, um, because of that person. And But you don't want to dump all your, tra- their their transgressions at their foot, at their feet. So you dump it at, well, express it with the Lord and then present so that healing can happen. At least that's what I've experienced and it's dramatically changed my relationship with those people because now I can put aside those negative emotions and express love despite their choices proper boundaries in place yeah Mm -hmm. that's amazing I've literally never heard that and that's that's like making me rethink some of my (laughs) you picked a good one Paul yes I did (laughs) well she picked me first which is awesome (laughs) semantics (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> newlyweds. <laughs> um, I, 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 so I, I'm curious to ask you though. Yes. Um, so, in this, like, when when you first kind of heard the news, you know, the, I guess you could call it like a bombshell. Pff, it's happened. You know, mm-hmm. um, what was your first reaction? Ooh, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. So I got a text message on my phone that my dad sent to our family. And I just started looking at it. And because my dad was so committed to the gospel, this was a pretty big shock. I told so there's him, like several people in this message, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a group text message with me and all my siblings. And mm-hmm. I think my mom, uh, yeah, it was a that lot was of a shock. really long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just started saying, no, 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 no. And I threw my phone, like, at my husband, basically. <laughs> like, I threw it on the bed. Oh. And I just went, no, 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 because... I've told my husband this, I think I would have been less surprised had he, like, killed someone. Like, it was that shocking wow. for me when he said he was removing his name from the records of the church. Um, I just, I did not know that that's where he was at. I still saw him as someone that was very sure of what he believed. And so it was, I mean, five weeks before that, he had been standing in my daughter's blessing circle, you know. And so it was a pretty big shock for me. It was really, really hard. And the next, so, uh, so uh, I'm sorry. It almost sounds like similar thing to what happened uh, 
um, in Brandon's episode we just did with me talking about his divorce and all of a sudden this one night he comes home and his wife's like I don't love you anymore I want a divorce oh that's hard and I think something my dad's told me about his process is that he knew for a while and so he wasn't in a place of shock at that point I think when he started doubting and stuff like he'd been processing this for years to this place that he'd come where he actually didn't believe any of it anymore but for all of us we were hearing it for the first time and so he was strangely yeah, something calm that, yeah, something that he'd been playing around in his head and now it just by the way coming out at you right. like, wait a minute, and, but wait, for all of us it was yeah. very shocking yeah, right yeah, yeah. right wow that's crazy so you're like just it sounds like kind of like in a state of denial at first like no 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 this is a dream this has to be this isn't happening yeah um, and I woke up that next morning just really sick um and once again I like think physically just like that pit in your stomach when you oh, wake up okay. and you're like oh this is reality and I think I think there is something different depending on because a lot of people can relate to this having someone they love that's close to them leave the church or struggle I think it's different reactions and feelings probably depending on your relationship with them so for me this was my father once again who had taught me all of these things who I had watched be so passionate about the gospel who had told me all these spiritual experiences he's he'd had growing up who'd given me blessings so I think there was a probably a different reaction based on my relationship with him Mm -hmm. and also I think because he struggled so much with his mental health while I was growing up and then I started struggling a lot with my mental health when I was 21 and so there was some correlation where I kind of compared our lives a little bit probably more than I should but it was kind of like I had seen him talk about the atonement for so long and how it really buoyed him up during his struggles and so then to see him choose differently than what I'm choosing was it was challenging I felt like that was something that kind of bound us together that maybe we wouldn't have anymore and that was was, that was painful just kind of got severed yeah, yeah, a, a way that I felt like, oh, we can't relate like that anymore. And, and that's just, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, took some time to adjust to. And that's kind of the same way I feel with, like, some members of my family. It's like, I, 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 I try, I, there's times that, you know, throughout the years where I've, I've tried to just be like, okay, let's actually have a conversation, a fun something conversation where we can connect a little bit as siblings again as you know, even with, I think there's been a few cousins even who I've, oh, more than 10, 15 years ago now, I've tried this with too, and who were struggling at some point. And I'm like, I, I, I try, and I'm like, mm, it's just not there. It's not it's not happening. And I'm like, mm, it just feels like something that I just, I can't repair on my own. It has to be the, the savior, right? Like, it, like, I'm like, okay, well, I kind of like you were saying, I guess at some point you get to the point where you're thinking I'm, I'm going to accept this I don't like it but I mean sadness is a form of acceptance right so yeah and sadness isn't it's not bad to feel sad there are some things in life that are sad and they'll always be sad I mean you know that you're well acquainted with <laughs> loss and I'm I'm learning about loss as well losing my sister and and there are some things in life that are just sad and it's accepting that you're sad and that you don't have to push the sadness away all the time. I think for me that's been really healing to understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can still feel happy amidst the sadness, but there'll always be times when I sit down and I'm sad about it. I'm still sad that my dad's chosen what he has, but at the same time 
I do have to give that over to the Savior and not let it dictate my life because I have stewardship over my own family and I do believe what I believe and I'm really happy with what I believe you know I've really had to dig deeper and become even more committed to Christ than I ever was before and and there's some really awesome things that have come from that yeah. Making sure you do a self-analysis. Uh, is that right? That works. Self-analysis. Yeah, sure. That of where where your testimony is, and when you hear people that you thought were solid as a rock in the gospel, mm-hmm. and aren't. Yeah, and my my testimony hasn't always been solid through the years. I've had times where it's hanging on by a thread, and I've had to reach out to others and talk about it a lot. And I think that's okay. Once again, I think that. The hardest thing is when you don't talk to anybody about it. And so then yeah. you wake up one day and, and, and you're just lost. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that reminds me of, too, um, I think I was actually thinking about uh, putting this in a blog, a blog episode, <laughs> blog post um, <laughs> a few weeks back, but I never got around to it. Um, I was thinking, oh, no, it was in a journal entry I was writing about, something like this. Um, the talk, I want to say it was out of Bednar. Um, that man gets his truck stuck in the snow. Yeah. yeah. And he has to load the wood and he has to... It's know, not Elder has, Bednar, though. I know exactly oh, what talk you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I'm going to think about it. You tell it. Yeah, if you, if you correct, correct me if you remember who it was. The... The... Uh, more, the... the well, Payload. It's no longer called Mormon Message, but it it has his voice in it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not Elder Rasband and it's not Elder Stevenson. What's the other one's name? Renland? Yes, it's Elder Renwind. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, so anyway, so it's... I the, swear. The, the moral of that one... <laughs> I don't know. Right, Wait, right. are you talking about the payload? No, I'm talking about where, like... Oh, he, the, the, the he has, car. He has loading, to have the right keys. He's loading his truck, and he, his truck is stuck, and so he, he keeps trying to chop wood, story this guy, in order, yes. and when he feels his truck okay. enough wood, he has enough weight Sorry, I was to thinking of the payload. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I thought that was Bednar. That is Bednar. Yeah. I think had right. had I just took us on a tangent. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was thinking of a different Look talk. Look at both talks, listeners. They're both good. <laughs> They're both great. But yeah, the one I'm talking about is where you know, he, or Lord Bednar says that he could not get out of the snow until he gunned it with the load on him. Mm-hmm. And that only then could he gain enough traction to actually go forward. And you know from a lot of my experiences in Canada with that, that you're familiar with that like that was the only way I could gain traction there. And with your situation... Um, I'm actually curious to know the next part of the, the I guess, moving on here. Um, where, like, was there a times where you felt that, you know, okay, wait, um, this is a huge weight, but I'm, I think I can press forward with this now, and it kind of, like, more that kind of propelled you even further. Absolutely. I don't remember an exact moment, but something that helped me a lot was having siblings that were going through similar questions and pain that I was and there was something about the pain and the questions that made me realize like I need to know for myself because if this none of this is real then I don't if this is just a nice nice lifestyle and it's not true then I don't know if I want to do this anymore I want to know truth I don't want to just feel like I'm blindly believing Mm -hmm. and while I feel like I have had a lot of experiences to anchor me we can always have more and so I do think that needing to know more propelled me even further and so that I am more committed than I was before when my dad was active in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm even more committed now and I'm even more sure of what I believe because I, I just got to a point where I, I couldn't just go through the motions not knowing 
more certainly. And now, you know, I feel like my testimony is, it's like in all of my bones, right? It's like, mm. it's like. I only have a vague memory of the quote from uh, Brigham Young where he talks about the gospel and his desire to do missionary work, like burning like a fire in his bones. I, yeah, somebody, and I, somebody comment with the quote on this, will you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and I, I feel that tonight talking about the gospel where it's just like, it is my life now. Uh, it is not separate from my body. Like the two are one where mm-hmm. I feel like I just strive to live in the spirit. It's, it's not church on Sundays and then, you know, life the rest of the week. Yeah. It's, it's everything to me. It's every part of every decision I make. It's <laughs> deeply rooted in my relationships. Oh, and, and I have to, you know, some of that I owe to having my father who was very, very firm in what he believed and an example to many leave the church and be able to explain away everything from a, from a very, what's the word I'm looking for? From a very academic standpoint. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what the, uh, the you know, human minds want to do. They want explanation for everything, you know? Um, well, I think we can get, I think we can get to a place and I don't mean this. I know that a lot of people leave the church for different reasons, but I can see for myself that I think there is a place where you have to believe in wonder. You can only believe in logic so far, but then you just, there are things that we cannot explain with our human minds. And if you're not willing to believe in that, then yeah, I mean, it's pretty Mm -hmm. hard to prove logically that there's a God. You also can't prove logically that there's not a God. And that's something me and my dad talk about a lot is that neither of us can prove to each other that there is or is not a God. And that's that's the decision. Which apostle was it that said that um, some things can only be learned by faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And some see faith as a weakness, as a as a blind belief, mm-hmm. and others see faith as an incredible strength. Yeah. And I think part of it has that you have to look at. I actually remember I was talking to Brad Wilcox just a little bit after my dad had left, and I was doing an episode about truth on my podcast called <laughs> "What Is Truth." And afterwards, oh, I just, yeah, I, I know, sorry, I wasn't, a, I talked about truth on your podcast, um, but <laughs> you didn't get Brad Wilcox, you had to, but I just remember fa- crying after we did the episode because I was like, I don't know what to believe right now. And it was really special. He gave me a blessing in his office at BYU. Wow. And we talked about the fruits, to remember the fruits of things. And so I have most definitely found that the fruits of when I, am acting on faith and I'm reading my scriptures, specifically the Book of Mormon daily and praying throughout the day and I talk to God all day long. The fruits of that and the fruits of when I'm not, are my life looks very, very yeah. different and like, I have to look at the fruits of that. I love that you mentioned that because actually, uh, what was it, maybe, I'm guessing six to eight months before Lorraine um, passed, I had written this blog article. Um, called fruits not roots and it was if you actually actually find it i'll probably probably, that's catchy fruits not roots yeah i I, I put a a link um i'll probably put a link to that in the episode too uh, on the description but um if you go on um, lds blogs i write for them now um amy if you're listening to this my editor maybe feature that episode when i post this one (laughs) or that 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 article but um, just to kind of the as a partner i don't know whatever the 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 part that was that reminds me of in that um article is 
um, obviously from the title is if you focus so much on the roots of the church and what happened without cultural context and knowing all the details of their lives like the Lord does instead of what that has resulted in now you're missing a whole lot of gold and treasure right I mean like <laughs> this this might I don't know if it's gonna ruffle some feathers hopefully it doesn't but that meme <laughs> that goes around on Facebook I don't know how true it is but it's like has like these pictures of the things that are done with tithing money and it's like you know the you know, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints doing more with ten percent than the government does with tax however much tax percentage right and I'm like <laughs> I mean it's just kind of a, a funny analogy I guess but like that's just one example I find of if you look to the general effect of what the kingdom of God on earth now is doing in the lives of millions yeah and so it, instead of focusing on oh look at this bad thing that that person did who started this all they're not even alive mm-hmm. what's happening now you know that's a good point to make yeah and 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 God cares about people in and out of the church they're all his children and so you look at the way that the church is serving people everywhere no matter what their religious affiliation is because mm-hmm. God doesn't really care like they're they're the soul the worth of their soul is the same as ours and of course he wants you know eventually like absolutely he wants everyone to make those sacred covenants I believe we have the handbook absolutely but as far as like his involvement in their life and ours it's the same it's the same he'll always be fighting for us so you hear the news on the text or see it (laughs) I'm imagining funny thing is you mentioned that quick side note is I mentioned that that uh, I'm thinking of the time when I was serving as a missionary in Perry Sound in Ontario the night before, my companion, when I was kind of in this mental funk, like depression, doubting mood, like everything I'd ever been taught, is it really true, you know? And uh, just, it's just kind of like mental funk I got in sometimes on my mission. And he'd mentioned to me the night before, have you ever thought that and this could be self-induced? I mean, if, you know what, if you don't want to think of that right now, fine. I'm, just, I'm no psychologist, but just a thought. Next morning, I'm reading in Alma 30, 50, in verse 53, where Cora Horace says, I have brought this curse upon me. And I'm like, I wonder if I felt the opposite that you did when I read that scripture. It was just like, wait, 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 what? Read it again. Put this curse upon me, about this curse. Like, I just, like, playing it over and over in my head like a broken tape recorder. And I'm imagining the opposite happening to you with that text. Like, wait, no, no. Did I really read that right? You know, like, so that happens. And it's hard. And you're like, okay, how am I going to respond to this? I have questions. Let's figure this out. At what point, or maybe points, would you would you say like, you kind of started to realize, or feel like the Savior was, using that experience to help you become more free. I think, I remember, traveling to the East Coast. My husband's from Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania, and we traveled. I think pretty recently after that, yeah, I want to say it was like a couple weeks later around Christmas time, and we saw my in-laws, and I remember having a specific conversation with my mother-in-law in my sister-in-law's kitchen about this situation, and it was this opportunity for her to bear her testimony to me in a really genuine way of, of times that she had doubted and why she stuck around so and why she chose. So your mom still totally active and everything? And... Yeah, this was actually my mother-in-law, though. My mom is still active, but this was Rob's mom. Oh, okay, okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom is, though. Um, My mom's a very strong member of the church. But my mother-in-law had this opportunity to testify to me and and tell me about a specific experience she had on her mission in Japan when, you know, she saw this different culture in Japan where they did things so differently, but they were really happy, and they'd never heard of 
of anything she was preaching. Um, they they didn't even really have a belief in God. They believed mm-hmm. in the spirit in the earth and just a very different way of thinking about things, but they were happy. And so her coming from a little town, Pocatello, Idaho, and seeing this totally different culture that seemed really happy, she questioned, do I really have something to offer here to these people? And she talked about that struggle she had with the Lord and was able to testify to me that she, her prayers were answered. And, and yes, she did have something to offer really to add to what they had. That's a really interesting experience because, like, I, I've, you know, people out there, they've had so many stories of um, people leaving their church and, or, or even just having a Christian background, generally speaking, and then turning against that. And, and uh, then, oh, well, they're, they're, they seem so happy now. But then this is different because she's like, wait a minute, these people never had the gospel. They never, they never turned against anything Christian. They're just happy as they are. So that's kind of a, that's interesting. Like it's a different angle from which somebody can think. Oh, wait a minute, is this really true? Because you don't often hear about people thinking somebody else is happy never having known it. Like the seeming as happy as you do with it. It's like wait a minute. Right. That's a, that's an interesting it's angle to go from. Choice. You, but you choose happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and once again, you look at that and you think, well, Heavenly Father is just as involved in their life as ours. So whether they've been introduced to the gospel or not, he's pulling for them. And when they make good choices, like, they're going to feel that goodness. Yeah, and even so, if they don't know what it is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not really, he, they're not punished because they haven't heard of the gospel, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. And so, anyways, but in this experience, she was able to really testify to me and talk to me about her own beliefs which was strengthening to me. And so I think that's one of the greatest blessings when I felt the Savior helping me is by reaching out to other people and having them testify to me while I was feeling shaky. It reminds me of Elder Holland's yeah. talk, Songs Unsung, where he oh, talks about so the good. choir. It's so good. Oh I've, needed to look, I've listened to that talk many times since. And there are times in our lives when we're in the choir, but we just don't have the strength to sing and how it's okay. You don't have to leave the choir. Sometimes it's okay to just sit and listen to the voices around you, and that's all you can do. You know, sometimes it's okay to Pick just... Take back on someone else's testimony for a while. It's, not, it's okay. We've all had to do that before. And, you know, as little children, we did that a little bit, right? And then, then there are times, <laughs> right? Like, oh, man, I thought I had a testimony before I left on my mission. And then, like, I'm sure most people, can, a lot of people can relate to this, too. Certain missions, and you get out there, and it's like, <gasps> oh, oh, this is different. Yeah. And and so I think that that is one of the most powerful things that's happened to me is for me to really dig down deep and and listen to others testify, listen to the choir around me, and, and not run, but to stay where I am, even if I don't feel like I have the energy to sing, and just listen. And that's been a beautiful thing. And I feel like God was okay with that. I felt like it was it was okay to just sit and listen. I felt like that's what he wanted. It was like, don't run away. But you can just stay here and hold on to others. It'll be okay. Just give it time. Yeah. Re- recalibrate. Recalibrate. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Definitely had to do that growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say my family was it. They were. Looking back, I didn't realize how inactive we were. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to figure out for myself did I want any part of everything seems so normal for so long I guess I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah right we you, we go through the motions and so you don't think that anything's wrong mm-hmm. but when you aren't able to bring up gospel topics at all and then you go do my parents have a testimony I don't know I've actually brought this up 
they were free they they tell me yes I do mm-hmm. <laughs> like well then share it <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it it didn't it took until like my mission to realize that oh do I have a testimony for myself um I had a in I mean in high school I I made a the conclusion that that, that light bulb awakening going oh prayers are answered mm-hmm. God is there and so that was a, a kind of a a game changer for me and so um it's just interesting to to see how god works in our lives even if people aren't ready to hear or ready to change like they talked about in conference um that doesn't mean we have to love them any less mm-hmm. and then it coming to a lot of these conclusions has also helped in my relationship with my family with those i i interact with makes my job a lot easier like because they're people too everyone's a is is a child of our heavenly father and they all need love and they may have lost their their light or they put their light on a shelf and wandered away for a bit um (laughs) that's what i look think of those who have gone away from the church they put their their light lantern (laughs) or lamp with the oil on a shelf and walked away for a bit they'll come back they always do you always come back to the truth what what really makes you happy but you have to figure it out for yourself yeah no one can do that for you and we can't force people to do that either you have to that's part of agency mm-hmm. it's part of agency yeah. now I you have to forgive me because I know we talked about this before we started tonight um but you've helped I'm hoping we actually <laughs> did this I'm very glad I did this afterwards but um <laughs> um what was it that you I that you would say you were you became free to do or became free from as a result of Christ helping you through this? That's a great question. I would say I became free from relying on others for my beliefs. Mm-hmm. I became free from any free from a secondhand testimony perhaps. Yeah, and and I wouldn't even call what I had a secondhand testimony. I was pretty committed at that point, no, but okay. I became it was a whole. It has become a whole new level of conviction for me. Cool. Um, you know, when you have, it's kind of like having different legs of the table taken out from under you. And this analogy is just coming to my mind now, but I'm picturing a table with four legs, and it's like you knock out one. You know, maybe that's dad. And you knock, you know, as a kid, you have a few people probably that you really rely on, and mm-hmm. certainly your parents are. A big one but instead of having four legs now I feel like I have a center a center post in the middle of the table and that's me mm-hmm. and so I think ideally that's what we do as we grow up and as we get our own testimony we're building a center post for our table with Christ so even if all four legs are taken out you've got yours yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you have this center post that's been growing all along with Christ and I think I did have that but it, it shook for a minute there but that post caught me, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I have now. And not that I don't still rely on my husband a little bit here when I'm, when I'm feeling more weak in that area, but I'm, it's so much more than... I think that when my dad left, I thought maybe those, those legs were all that were supporting me, but that post caught me. Um, and it's okay that it was a little shaky there for a minute. The important part was yeah. to not run away, but to wait. And uh-huh. I, think of, um, I think it was Jesus Christ said to Joseph Smith, and I think they document this in the Doctrine and Covenants, where he says, um, or maybe just Joseph Smith says this, but it's like, wait and see the salvation of God. 
And I think that's what in these moments we have to do is just wait, be still, and watch and see the Lord create miracles in your life. I think it's when we run away too soon that we never get to see the miracle. Where he does the impossible. Yeah. And he answers the questions. Uh, And so when nothing is making sense, I think that's where we have to stop and wait and watch. Watch for God in our life and he'll come. Oh, does he ever. He always shows up. Yep. Because he's in the details. Even in the details you don't even think are even remotely important. Or do you think, 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 even think to think of. There we go. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the scripture that comes to mind with that, actually? Uh, I'm going to misquote it, but... um, Sorry, I think the, I just the, misquoted the, scripture too. <laughs> the mind, like, 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 mankind cannot conceive in their mind or their heart, like, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. I, I said that wrong, but uh, you know, if the whole idea of patience, like that you've, <laughs> without naming it, um, described there, <laughs> um, I think that's a huge factor in watching people we love make choices that just that we just feel disappointed about mm-hmm. um and i because I, I mean I, I think a lot of the time it can feel like a betrayal almost um but like there's a, a, i remember there's actually one male elder who served um in hamilton up in ontario there oh that must have been 2016 maybe it's wild guess but um he was just on fire with the spirit um, one of the ladies he baptized, um, baptized up in the up the ward there. Um, she like, Ren and I were assigned as her friendshippers. Um, <laughs> Leslie, if you're listening to this, hope you're doing awesome. Um, always admired her face. She just she helped actually dress Lorraine's body when she wow. passed. Like it was the, we were we were pretty tight. You must so, have been. That's so, an intimate intimate yeah, experience. Yeah. So when this elder that had taught her went home. And completely, like, as soon as the policy came out that President Monson had, which was repealed, what was it, three years later, something like that? Mm-hmm. As soon as that happened, I think that was when it happened, uh, that he, this elder just decided, um, by the way, I'm gay, don't want to part of the church anymore, see ya. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, him? I'm like, it's that, that disappointment. I was like, no, you were too good for that. I'm like, I, just, that's what I felt at first. I'm thinking, and then, you know, that comes a time where you, what you said it's like you have to be able to just say they, they they need to do what they need to do for them right now yeah and there's always a way back for them the Lord provides that um, I mean you just love people as they are you yeah let them feel like <laughs> to work differently you see them right <laughs> I see you yeah I do believe in that <laughs> phrase yes <laughs> yeah so well any uh, we already have a gold mine here but <laughs> um appreciate you being on so much for this one. Any closing suggestions or thoughts you have to help people become find the same freedom you did? I would add or conclude with that wherever you are with your own testimony, you're okay. And that Heavenly Father is just as involved in your life as He ever has been. And I will testify of my own experiences. That's what I can testify of that I have never found peace and joy the way I found as I intentionally strive to keep my covenants. Uh, I couldn't just be baptized and be done. That's not 
that's not what brings joy. What brings joy is the intentional daily striving to keep my covenants. And that is a life that I have now that I love. Uh, it's a very life full of conviction in the Savior. And that is where my my post, my center post in the table is. Uh, it's in my covenants with Jesus Christ. And it's a pretty good gig. I like my life a lot with Christ. And things are going to be okay. I think that no matter what, you can know that no matter your choices, no matter your faith, no matter your testimony, that God is still pulling for you. I love, there's a quote I used in my book from Count of Monte Cristo that I love. And it's it's um, one man talking to the other and he says something like, the Count says, you know, I don't, or his, his friend says, God believes in you. And he said, well, I don't believe in God. And the guy says something like, well, it doesn't matter. He still believes in you. And I think that's something we always need to remember when we're feeling shaken is whatever you want to call it, a higher power, the universe, there is something that we cannot explain completely because we don't understand and we can see it weave and direct our lives. Mm -hmm. And for me, I believe that's God. And I definitely see him guiding my life um, amidst amidst a lot of struggle. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because he's with me and so... His love is unconditional yeah well it's a funny thing just to wrap up the end here which you mentioned that reminded me of have you seen interstellar yes oh my god i hate that movie really oh <laughs> it hurts my it hurts my head too much rob loves it though but it's oh. too overwhelming it like gives me anxiety <laughs> too much i, I, I was good to like 75 percent of the way in, and then i was done because <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's happening yeah i, I felt that the first time right around two myself but i watched it again the reason i mentioned it is the one of my favorite parts there where dr brand She's talking about this guy she has a crush on the other planet, right? Mm-hmm. So he, she was in love with him. He, she thinks, for all I know, he's dead, right? And she's talking about how, um, yeah, maybe it's crazy to go to this planet with this dead guy only because there's this possibly dead guy there. She thinks even this, what did she say? Even the slightest chance of possibility of seeing him, yes, that excites me. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason she explains that is, um, and I love how this relates to the love of God, is um, she says, love is the one thing we can perceive as humans that transcends the dimensions of time and space. Mm, even that's if a good we, one. Even if we can't understand it, maybe we should just trust that. And it's like, that's the way God's love is for you. So you may not be able to understand it, but you can perceive it. Yes. So trust that. Yes. So anyways, thanks again for being on tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you care if I tell them my website just in case they want please, to get in touch please, or yeah. check out my Absolutely. stuff? So my website is www.julieleespeaks.com. So J-U-L-I-E-L-E-E. I almost forgot how to spell my name. Let me start that over. <laughs> J-U-L-I-E-L-E-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. And there you can find my book. And I'm wearing my bracelet every now. We have ICU bracelets as well. Um, and it's all about how compassion and connection save lives. And I truly believe that. And so feel free to contact me and, and look at the work I'm doing over there. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Uh, thanks, Julie. Wow. Um, I've had faith crisis myself more than once. Haven't we all? Yes, yes, haven't we <laughs> all? One time or another. You know, everybody does. If you're not having a faith crisis at some point, it means you're not asking enough questions. Uh, and you're just coasting through. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean... I wouldn't don't go looking for one. <laughs> no. No. But definitely yeah. determine where you stand and do it with the Lord's help. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you know, one of the first things Julie did, um, when she really started looking for answers was uh 
Okay, well, can't go to my dad anymore, so... Okay, let's find another family member. And she did. And that conversation was, you know, as she mentioned, part of the process that helped solidify her faith even more. Um, I remember when I was on my mission, and up to a certain point, I had had this thought in my mind, you know, about the whole... Um, same-sex attraction thing. I was like, no, I can't. I, my, my mind was like, no, nobody could possibly be born gay. It's not possible because because agency and and uh, so when Elder when President Oaks came out, you know, then Elder Oaks, on uh, the the church website for that kind of thing, he you know and he said we don't the the phrase wasn't yes some people are born gay but it was even further than that we don't know why some people are born that way and I'm like oh wait 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 well, hold it whoa hold the phone wait a minute. And I, I I struggled with that. I mean, thankfully for me, the the first thing to come to mind was he's an apostle. I'm not. I'm obviously missing something, but I don't know what it is. And then one day, you know, as I was searching, you know, Lorraine had said to me, um, even if they are born that way, don't you think Christ's atonement would cover that? It is infinite. And I'm like, oh, uh, wait. Duh, it covers every. Okay, okay. Matter settled. It was a simple answer, <laughs> and so you know it was. At that point, it was just a matter of patiently waiting for for the light and knowledge. So. Definitely, and just focusing on building your own testimony, fortifying yourself, and continue to pray for those who are struggling, and be there for them in a supportive way. And not a judgmental way. Always love them for them. They may not have the same choices as you as you would want them to, but you still love them unconditionally as a savior would. Mm-hmm. And from what I gathered from Julie's uh, description, brief descriptions of her conversations with her dad now, um, you know, they've both come to an understanding that we're just different now. You know, um, before he served as a role model for her and as a Know, rock of faith for her and a source for a source of answers, and now it's like you know the training wheels have been taken off, <laughs> kind of like the first presidency and apostles have been doing, bit by bit with changes for the last what ten years now. <laughs> um, yeah, putting it all in our court, yeah. our the on, well, on more, us. more of it, yeah. Yeah, which it probably always has been, but realizing that we have the power to. Be, to do the things that are needed to have revelation, to be prepared for the Savior's second coming, but that the church is still there with guidance and correction where needed to help us get us to where we need to be so that we're ready for the Savior now. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Not later. President Nelson's, please, uh, paraphrasing here, please. Learn to receive more personal revelation. Yeah. Get more capable of having his spirit to constantly guide you. It's like, yeah. um, that's being repeated. Apparently, the Lord wants us to really hammer this in. Yeah, there's going to come a time where, um, like, where, like we talked about here today, or is in the next, anyway, <laughs> where from General Conference, where um, there's going to be a time, we're getting really close where that chasm between good and evil is going to be huge. There's not going to be any middle ground anymore. That was such a good talk. You're who was that? To, I forget who that was in conference uh, now. 
darn. I yeah. don't remember. I didn't know when we talked about it. The content it. is more important than the speaker. Yes. So, yeah. so the point is, is that there's no middle, there's little to no middle ground anymore. You're going to have to choose. And one thing we just um, learned today is that um, Julie made her choice to stand strong in her faith and can carry on in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Her dad is still making his choice and maybe someday with a lot of prayer and miracles he'll come back to knowing what he originally knew to be true mm-hmm. once he he figures that out things will change and i have total faith that that's possible yeah anything is possible when you're on the lord's side so keep that in mind if you're struggling with your faith crisis um, by the way in light of kind of what Julie said about finding that other person that she could talk to about that. If any of you listeners out there know somebody who is or yourself are having a crisis of faith and, you know, having a, whether it's having a hard time with keeping your faith strong with COVID or with a church policy or doctrine or uh, like whether it's with some kind of political disagreement between whatever your stance is in the church or family members, whatever it is, um, we we anybody who we can help out as well, uh, Colette and I would love to do that to you know help strengthen and bolster your faith if you're struggling, or help dispel fears or bring you peace. Um, message us, comment something. Um, love to be there for for you if you can, for you if we can. I can speak really. Um, <laughs> so. Lord is mindful of you. He is there for you. He knows your heart and he knows your struggles way better than anyone else. So if you don't have someone close by that you can trust with your deepest desires, hearts, concerns, go to the Lord. He's there for you. Uh, Over 40 plus times, is it said in the scriptures where he says, Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened unto you in some fashion or another. Mm-hmm. Please go and do that. Um, if not, we're here for you. Pulling for you. Praying for you. Wishing you all the best. Certainly are. So, yeah. If you enjoyed uh, and gained light from this episode today, please go and share it and click that follow link on paulpolsuffer.podomatic.com. If something was particularly helpful to you, um, please go and leave written reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or Facebook, and uh, share this with family and friends, help get it out there, uh, help those who are struggling, and as always, remember to stand fast in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul Polsifer. And Colette Polsifer. Have a good one.